always be self-aware. Never get into the trap of doing things automatically. Within the course of a day, or in the course of a year, or in the course of a career, or the course of a lifetime. Welcome to Habits Matter. I'm Shreyasi, your host and the founder and CEO of Harappa. We're an online learning institution committed to the magic of good habits at work. Thank you so much for tuning in and for making the time for us. Our first episode features three incredible guests. They talk about purpose, self-discovery and tricky transitions. This is really the good, the bad and the ugly of early careers. So there's this funny story where I call up my parents and I told them that I want to come back and drop off my PhD and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? For eight years, I had just completely lived by NASA space, NASA space and so on. And now I was just talking about giving it up and that too for some random theory of being good at this and not being happy. So they didn't get it. And after a few conversations, uh, they're like, look, why, why don't you finish your PhD and come back? You just heard my friend Ankur. He's one of India's best-known internet entrepreneurs and his weekly broadcast, Variku Wednesdays, is a super hit. Ankur is a star any which way you look at it. But his career today is certainly very different from what he wanted in his early 20s, to be the first man on Mars. Parents are the elephant in the room when it comes to careers. Ask me. Growing up, all my parents wanted me to be was an IS officer. It was the career for bright Bihari students. And it's only now that I'm a CEO do they feel that I'm finally doing something worthwhile. Being an author, a journalist and a columnist never really cut it for them. Today, I'm a parent of a 13-year-old and I struggle not to tell him every day, get good marks, Agastya. Does that make me evil? My name is Utkarsh Amitabh. I'm the founder of Network Capital, um, and I'm an incoming Shivning Fellow at Oxford. Utkarsh is one of those young leaders I admire. He's worked at Microsoft, Harley-Davidson, Deloitte, and Teach for India. And he's a great writer. You must keep an eye out for his next book on the future of work. The anxiety of parents can rub off on their children. In fact, in one of my talks uh, at TEDx, I covered the fact that often parents and well-wishers mean well. Almost always they do. But they don't really have the mental models to give advice in a changing world today. You know, you'll always feel the pressure to conform. Not just from parents and family and friends, but from society at large. But you really don't want to be living somebody else's life. So Always, always listen to yourself first. Ankur did. I went to Michigan State to pursue my PhD. And when I reached there, and I was doing well there in the PhD program, something was missing. And I think we always know when we have something missing. We may not want to come to terms with it and we may not want to admit it. So I knew that something was missing. And when I have those tough conversations, it just struck me that Physics was something that I was good at, but not something that I was happy with. And for the first time in my life, I realized these two things are different. What you're good at and what you're happy with needn't be the same. In fact, we were told that they will always be the same, but that wasn't the case for me. This was a big moment for Ankur. 
an exercise in discovering who he was, what made him happy and where he wanted to go. His truth is universal though. We often make less than ideal decisions when we don't know ourselves. The most important kind of clarity is clarity about who you are. My name is Mohit Satyanand and um, I'm an investor. I've been an entrepreneur, but now I mostly guide and shepherd companies that I've helped to start up and uh, more interestingly work with uh, young founders of startups. And for them, I'm what you might call an angel. We have got to be comfortable with ourselves and we can't be comfortable with ourselves unless we know that what we are doing is right for us. And too often people, especially young people, do what is considered right in the outside world. That can never bring you happiness. Um, trying to conform will always restrict you and each of us have relatively infinite potential. And I think the way to uh, grow comfortably has got to start with understanding yourself. And I don't know where from, but I'm very lucky in the sense that fairly early in life, I developed the habit of observing myself. For Mohit, clarity came from the habit of observing himself. Mohit was lucky to build this habit early, but it's never too late to begin. Self-observation is a practiced, deliberate effort. It can be learned and grown, much like any habit. Ask questions to decode yourself. I find that this works very well for me. Who are you impressed by? What skills come to you naturally? How do you react to negative feedback? Why are you jealous of a friend's success? Sometimes what we envy mirrors what we want. Is it a fat salary? Is it great work-life balance? Are you driven by wealth, fame or meaning? Own up to your worst fears and grandest ambitions. Find time for yourself. Find time to be by yourself. Find time to confront yourself with who you really are. Um, we tend to become overly busy and we confuse being busy with being productive. One of my favorite phrases is, when God made time, he made plenty of it. But we all behave as though there's not enough time. 60, 70, 80, 90 years is enormous. Always be self-aware. Never get into the trap of doing things automatically, whether on a, within the course of a day or in the course of a year or in the course of a career or the course of a lifetime. Always stop and question, why am I doing this? Am I doing the best thing by this situation? We often get stuck in patterns. The fear of wasted effort is a powerful deterrent. How can I give up engineering, for example, if I spent years in coaching classes, suffered through four years of college, and finally got a good job? Moving away would mean 15 years of sunk effort. Doesn't going on seem wiser? Well, not always. Ankur tells you why. 
have this thing that I came up with that you know, time is the biggest sunk cost of life. In management theory, it's best explained when you're thinking about, uh, say, setting up a factory. When you set up a factory, there's this fixed cost that gets attached to setting up a factory. And most of it, you're never going to get it back, even if you were to sell everything back, um, whether it's a machinery, whether it's equipment, and so on and so forth. So the concept of sunk cost is, if you ever reach a position where you have to decide whether to continue with the factory or not, the amount of money you've spent in making the factory is never a decision criteria. It's only about what has happened thereafter. How many of us end up saying, oh no, I have to keep doing this because I've been doing it. That doesn't make sense. Just because you've been doing something, you're never going to get that time back. So why would you even take that into consideration? So time is the biggest sunk cost of life. Ankur's tip is valuable, as so many of his tips are. Don't let past imperfect influence your future. My family thinks of me as erratic, fickle, and somewhat random, I guess. In my 20s, I was a broadcast journalist and experimented a lot before settling into print. I moved on to becoming the editor of Inc., where I loved the business of building brands and understanding entrepreneurs. I've also written a book on first-generation wealth creators and the business of wealth. I've taught college students how to think and write and prepped them for careers. Today, I'm a CEO, a non-MBA, non-tech founder of an online learning business. I've always ditched neat lines for messy zigzags. But hey, I survived. A future-forward mindset, the fearlessness to take on new challenges, and the curiosity for what else eventually got me here, building my own company. This is the job of my dreams, where I can do a bit of everything. Interestingly, the future of work, agility, changing careers, and transferable skills will be your new normal too. Zigzags, constant change, and the spirit of experimentation comes with the flip side, though. Failure. So the research suggests that uh, on average, if you look at people who succeed and people who, who don't, the difference is more than anything on the number of chances a person took. So if you are somebody who has taken many, many, many chances, your probability of success increases each chance that you take. But what happens is that many people who fail early on never try again. So if you see somebody who's failing a lot but still trying, and that person just keeps trying for 10, 15, 17 years, that person on average succeeds more than a person who had an unblemished career early on. So failures just helped me realize that I was trying to look at the wrong problem. And now I just know it for sure that those years of trying just helped me so much today. I can think like an actor, I can think like a techie, I can think like an MBA. I can also think like somebody who's a, you know, a liberal arts major. And I think the combination is where magic happens. Combinatorial skills are always going to be sold at a premium. And uh, my early failures just helped me analyze problems better today. And I really feel that anyone in the early, early career who has faced failures much more than probably I have should take heart from the fact that if he or she keeps trying, they will they have a higher chance of succeeding than their peers. In the 60s, Martin Seligman came up with his theory of learned helplessness. 
He said some people give up when they face pain or failure again and again. But is shutting down a natural response? Seligman said how we react depends on how we explain and predict good and bad events in our lives. Are you forever expecting disaster? Or do you know you will always sail through? Do you proudly own your accomplishments or pass them off as luck? Pain is is such a misunderstood emotion in general because we always have this massive recency bias towards it. So you always feel that your last breakup, your last failure, your last rejection, your last this was the most painful because we just become numb to pain in general. And it's proven that humans very quickly forget the highs that they felt when they were happy, but also tend to amplify the lows or the pain that they felt on those few equations and think that it was very painful. In a world where there's so much changing and so much is in flux, you can change too. Man is a learning machine. You can and must always imbibe new learnings. I think the most powerful lesson I learned in my first job was that um, it's not enough to do what you're told to do. Um, It's not enough to set or to accept preset expectations and standards. And this is as true of a job as it is of life, which is to completely and continuously reset the framework in which you work. So always come up with new ideas of what you can do with your time, with your talent, um, within the workplace or outside. It could be, look, I don't need to work any longer. And what can I do with my talent to enrich my life or that of others? Or, of course, of the organization that I work with. So continuously reset the bar, raise it, expand it, uh, redefine it, and, uh, and thereby continually enrich yourself. Habits Matter is a show brought to you by Harappa Education. The show is produced by Nitin Shamsuddin, scripted by Soumya Bahuguna, managed by Nishan Singh, under the editorial direction of Seema Chaudhary. Shout out to our bright audio engineer, Madhavan Bhattacharji, our design team, Archit Thapar, Suman Kaur and Neha Nagar, and our product team, Neeraj Sharma and Akash Trivedi. You can subscribe to Habits Matter on all your favorite podcast platforms. Please also follow Harappa Education. We are on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. Our next episode is a special one. We speak to fantastic superhero women on how they power their life with smart tech. You ain't seen nothing.